You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nerdificent, your favorite podcast that covers everything nerdy. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, sitting across from me. If you want to wait, how's it going, everybody? It's going to be a fun app. We got a lot of fun things to talk about. But first, let's talk about our guest. He's great. Yeah. I love him. He's the host of Mortal Podcast, so perfect for bringing him on here. He's also TV writer Ben Meckler. Hi. Hey, MechDog. How hey. you doing? Hey. Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Ben, so we're covering Mortal Mortal Kombat, and you have a Mortal Podcast. I do. How long has it been going on for? Uh, I just uh, released the 10th episode. Oh, dang. And my guest was Iffy. Hell yeah. And uh, I just decided today, I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll like pause for a minute and call that the first season. Because <laughs> uh, we got through all the characters that are in Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you asked me on it last month and I was like, this is actually not my background. And you're like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. No, the whole, the whole premise of the podcast is that uh, I... I've spent my whole life knowing way too much about Mortal Kombat and keeping up with the story. And so every episode I have a friend who ideally, I've had a couple of people who are like know almost as much as I do about it, but ideally a friend who knows nothing about Mortal Kombat at all. And I kind of uh, combat splain um, the entire lore, like 27 year continuitous Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Ify, we have been doing this podcast wrong. We have been bringing on experts every week and we should be bringing on people that know nothing so that we can just yeah, yeah. explain yeah. to them <laughs> what it is. Bring on some real doofuses, like my <laughs> guess. Can you imagine last week when we had a koi yeah. like, and we just brought someone that has no idea what, who Spider-Man is? Yeah. I mean, that person would be Which It would be, a parent. It would be somebody's parent. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like legitimately, it would probably yeah. just be someone's mom or something. Realistically, that you bring on. nobody you know's mom. I'm yeah. fairly yeah. certain anyone you guys knows as moms will know about Spider-Man. I bet she would know <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. I bet she would know, but I don't think she would know... Peter Park, like I know that sounds crazy, right? But I, I bet 
if I were like, what's Spider-Man's real name? Obviously, if I said Peter John Parker, Spider-Man. she would. John Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've been starting our podcast out with uh, what you're geeking out about. Mm-hmm. What are you geeking out about this week? Uh, this week, especially because today there was a big game. I'm geeking out about the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah. They are. Uh, I have not been a fan of the sport for long, admittedly. Uh, I just started watching during this World Cup uh, a little more regularly, and they're just really strong and fast, yeah, uh, and intense and cool, and uh, I love them, and uh, they're my heroes, and I'm geeking out. Yeah, it's funny. It's been a known fact that the women's soccer team, uh, the U.S. women's soccer team, is just way better than the yep. men's soccer team. <laughs> yeah. Comically uh, better. <laughs> yeah, like they have succeeded. Like this wouldn't be like their first try. Like it's not. It's kind of not a surprise that they're doing well because they yeah. have consistently done well in the women's World Cup. Yeah, right. Like, Which again is is the World Cup. It's just for women, and yeah. and consistently the U.S. is like one of the greatest teams yeah. in the world. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, it's awesome. And then I look forward to uh, seeing them play in the finals this weekend. I know. Yeah. So wait, people will have, we're in the future now. This drops. Oh, so Tuesday, uh, I, I really enjoyed watching <laughs> them win in the finals. And I hope that this doesn't sound comically uh, ignorant when this episode airs. Yeah. Yeah, no, Um. they've, uh, the U.S. Women's World Cup uh, team has won three World Cups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What years? Uh, it was uh, the one that it's shown me is uh, the last one is in 2015. Looks like which was the last World Cup? Wasn't yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then before that was uh, eleven, and I think they won that one. But so the last when, two. <laughs> what? When was Mia Hamm in it? Oh, um, because that spawned so many girls named Mia. Yeah, like oh, that's everybody so true. I knew that was having babies so, then named their daughter Mia. So we won in nineteen ninety one, uh huh, nineteen ninety nine, and two thousand fifteen. Okay, so so the women's team won the last World Cup and is still paid less than the men's yeah. U.S. team, oh. which. Oh, is you're hurting worse me. and way less people watch their games. Yeah, uh, but cool. just for that the makes whole, sense for the for the the whole runner. Just so you can know, so 2015 they won. In 2011 they got second place. In 2007 they got third place. In 2003 before that third place mm. they won after that. And th- so they haven't not got top three. Mm-hmm. In, in the, so they're in just the one history. of the greatest uh, teams in yeah. sports in the world historically for the last yeah. decade Let's, at least. Uh, cool. I'm going to look up uh, U.S. Men's World Cup. Uh, it Honorable mention a, over and over again. Big Fat Donut. Big Fat Donut. Oh, that's, wow. a, that's, a, that's a zip. That's a zero. Zizzerp. This is very painful for yeah. me. Um, but Wage yeah. gap is real. It's real. It is tangible. Yeah. God. Okay. Uh, let's move on before I get I yeah. blow an artery. Hey, what are you geeking out about? Now? You know what I'm geeking out about is uh, DreamWorks has lined up a new series called Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast that's going to be on Netflix. And somebody here wrote for it. That person is Ben. It's me. I wrote for it. God, it's such a good show and I'm really it excited for beautiful. people to see it. Uh, it's awesome. It's an animated show. I should have said that. Did I say that? It's, it's DreamWorks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it comes with the, yeah. Um, 
Guys, it's so cool. I think I'm allowed to say pretty much nothing other than it comes out but next like year. But like who created it? it uh, Rad Seacrest. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was developed by Bill Wolkoff. And uh, it was really, really, really great writing staff. It was the most fun I ever had working on a TV show. Um, it, you were there for beautiful. a while. I was right? there for a year and a half, and I don't think I'm allowed to say why I was there for so oh, okay. long. But there's okay. a lot of really great shows. But that happens with way. animation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very excited. Yeah. Like, definitely, I don't know if you all have started a Twitter, Instagram, or whatever for the show, but people should follow it. Or you guys should create one, and people should follow it. It'll it'll be yeah. out there eventually. Uh, until then, you just have no choice but to follow me on social media <laughs> and wait for me to, to direct you towards more. It's the only way we don't go make check the rules. out some of the yeah. Uh, yeah. Go check out some of the. It's set in a post apocalyptic time. Uh, it's a girl, right? That's. Mm-hmm. Tra- uh, she, this is in I want to you should see Ben's face right now I'm like trying to figure out no, but, the best but what no, I'm allowed I'm, to this say this is what I'm reading from yes, yes. Hollywood Reporter yeah. Ben oh, yeah, so yeah. it's okay it's not any of our private you. conversations it's me I'm like waiting for me to mess up I know you can see his face when I asked him he like started to sweat <laughs> um, yeah it's post-apocalyptic uh, she uh, anyways this is from the Hollywood Reporter that DreamWorks gave them so you're yes. fine anyways the animation's really beautiful check it out it's post-apocalyptic lots of big cute uh, animals and other surprises Coming your way. Mm. Ify, what are you geeking out about? I'm geeking out about the new season of Apex Legends. We got a new map change. We got a new hero. Uh, it, Watson, she's amazing. She'll zap you good. And uh, that, that gets me uh, hyped. And I think the runner-up behind that for me is definitely con season. We're getting ready for San Diego Comic-Con. By the time you're hearing this, I would have already done RTX and Anime Expo. And Danny's, uh, and Danny's. And then after that, uh, we have... Uh, TwitchCon, so I'm super excited. And you know, any of the cons. nerd fam or Salt Squad who plans on being down in San Diego for TwitchCon, let me know. I'm gonna put a, a a channel for it in the Discord so we can do one big Salt Fam meetup and Nerd Fam meetup. Uh, wear Nerdificent or Salt Fam shirt, or oh. um, or I'm gonna tickle you. On the subject yeah, okay. of salt, uh, I saw a custom video game controller today where by pouring salt, uh, you can quit out of a match online. <laughs> Really? It had a, I don't know how the, it worked, but it had a sensor that you could pour salt onto and it would quit you out of a match. Oh, man. I need that. <laughs> I need that. I yeah, need that real tight. bad. Oh. Well, speaking about quitting uh, quitting out matches and mm-hmm. being salty, we're talking about Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. Great game. I really hope to play it someday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, if he, my little brother was exactly that person, that if you were beating him, he would just turn off the game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the Ta- number, one brother. Brother, yeah, mm-hmm. number one brother tactic. And you know what I did? I already said this. I threw his uh, Buzz Lightyear in the pool. And it was really funny, like, <laughs> to get back at him. And he deserved it. And mm-hmm. what was really funny is uh, I was talking to uh, one of the animators for Toy Story 4, and we were saying that we both had that chrome Buzz Lightyear. I don't know if you remember or people oh, out there remember. Yeah. There was a chrome, member mm-hmm. one? That one came out. Um, I may have also thrown that in the pool. Whatever. He deserved it. Please. Mortal Kombat. All right, let's get the nitty-gritty out the way. Uh, First, Mortal Kombat is a media franchise centered around a series of video games originally developed by Midway Games Chicago Studio in 1992. The development of the first game was originally based on the idea that Ed Boon and John Tobias had of making a video game starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, but that idea fell through. A fantasy-themed fighting game titled Mortal Kombat was created instead. Mortal Kombat was the first ever fighting game to introduce a secret fighter, uh, uh, reached as the player fulfilled a set of requirements. 
since. The original game has spawned many sequels and spinoffs consisting of several action-adventure games, films, animated and live-action with its own sequel and television series, as well as a comic book series, a card game, and a live-action tour. Along with Street Fighter and Tekken, Mortal Kombat has become one of the most successful fighting franchises in the history of video games and one of the highest-grossing media franchising of all time. Ben, what was your introduction to Mortal Kombat? Like, what do you remember was your first time you got your hands on it? I vividly remember Bigfoot's Arcade in South Florida, where I grew up. I did not have enough quarters to play a lot of games, and I wasn't good at them because I was like, I had to have been five or six uh, when I have this memory. But uh, because I could play like a game for like five seconds and I was out of quarters, I would just stand in front of the Mortal Kombat arcade <laughs> cabinet and watch uh, the like character profiles flip by. <laughs> And wow. I, yeah, that's like a struggle. That is a struggle story. Yeah, I would just watch it in attract mode, uh, which is what they call the arcade games when they just start going through screens trying to like attract people to play. Yeah, and I was like, Cabinet, you've convinced me. I would like to play. I just can't. I don't have the coins. I don't have coinage. Uh, so I would just study the like little character profiles, and I became very invested in them because I was like, Raiden's a thunder god who controls the like. I forget, he had a really weird character providing like Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 but it was like he controls the power of the wills and I was like what are the wills what and then it would be like Sub-Zero he's a ninja who can control ice and is very mysterious like whoa what a mystery and uh, I vividly remember standing there and then I remember that by the time Mortal Kombat 4 came out there was a new arcade in town called Blockbuster Golf and Games and I wanted to go there as soon as it opened because I heard they had Mortal Kombat 4 so I know that I had to have become obsessed enough at a young enough age that by the time the fourth one came out i was like i'll drive across i, I will make my mom drive me across town <laughs> so i can see the cabinet i yeah. probably play like two times <laughs> yeah so you like you are a legit mortal kombat fan yes you, the, even before the podcast you were like oh no mortal yeah. kombat is my jam yeah it, admittedly like i mean i worked at a lot of nerdy places in my time i spent yeah. a lot of time working at nerdist mm-hmm. uh, and i always kind of felt like odd man out because i'm not I feel like I'm not nerdy enough about enough things compared to a lot of my friends. With yeah. Mortal Kombat, I'm like uh, painfully nerdy about. It. I know everything <laughs> the there is to know. It's yeah. like being, it's like having your things. Like, because I have yes. maybe like five. Th- I don't. I can't be nerdy about everything. Mm-hmm. I have maybe four or five things that I You've know a time. lot about. Yeah, and that's what you're brought in for as like the expert. Like you'll be on panels for that specific thing. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Oh man. So. Yeah, I, I think my earliest memory of Mortal Kombat was definitely going to be Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Like, I definitely dabbled in MK1 and 2 and 3, but Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 is when I remember getting hands-on, getting to, like, really try and get good with Cyrax. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, dude. you're definitely going with the Cyber Ninja. And yeah. I kept, I remember I was trying so hard to get the move where he opens his chest and shoots a missile out, yep. and I could not get it. It was really uh, hard. Yeah. I that, still can't really yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's where I kind of like really got into it. But like, there is like doing your podcast. There's like deep lore that has actually built up from the first one and continued that I was really unaware of. I think they've been more dedicated with that franchise to keeping like a continuous story over almost three decades now than anything else I can think of. And it's all the more impressive considering like it is just a fighting game like it's just a very yeah. violent fighting game mm-hmm. yeah and you generally speaking like they'll have stories but not not as intense as like an rpg or yeah they they go hard yeah so let's talk about like the actual game it came out in 1992 mm-hmm. it was a 2d fighting game that had a joystick 
Uh, so that was originally how people played with five buttons. Oh my gosh, so old. Do you still play the, like the, no? <laughs> the, the original ones? I mean, I also Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 was like my favorite. And I think it was because that one was the one that opened the world up the most. But it was also like joystick, 2D, fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really had that at home. I mean, it, all the consoles that I've owned at home, they haven't really done re-releases, especially since I have had consoles that i owned myself i might have gotten like one of the midway arcade treasures or something but i never had like a fighting stick at home well we but we have so many barcades now yeah like is that do you seek out mortal Kombat when you go to those yes (laughs) okay it is i gravitate directly towards it i went to a friend's uh engagement party recently that was at a barcade and uh dragged my wife over the mortal Kombat 4 cabinet and we played a bunch and it was great anytime i know that mortal Kombat's an arcade it's the very first thing i gravitate towards and I'm mm. still not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to kind of highlight, because like you said, it, it's typically a fighting game, you know, with your, uh, with your punch, strong, strong punch, uh, kick, strong kick uh, type moves that you string into combos. But one thing that set Mortal Kombat apart from other fighting games is they introduced these things called fatalities, mm-hmm. which was, you know, uh, which is, I think, one of those things that started off in a nerdy way and transcended it, which is the line, finish him. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently it was the original idea was that it was going to give gamers a free hit at the end of the fight. And it basically evolved into fatalities. And from that it evolved into other things. So the fatalities, it would do some extra gruesome way to, to finish off an opponent. Like I think um, the one I remember that, kids were talking about in school was Cor- scorpion pulling off his mask mm-hmm. and blowing fire and lighting the <laughs> person on fire it's a great one and the other cool thing about like i like they kind of like buried storytelling details in those fatalities because like yeah. no one really knew you know if you sat down and started playing the game you picked scorpion you started playing he's just a, a human ninja wearing a yellow suit and if you actually get to the fatality yeah, he pulls his face off and reveals that he has a skull underneath and breathes fire. And you're like, wait, is he not a person? <laughs> right. And, and there weren't necessarily answers <laughs> for like a whole game. Yeah. But but the answer yeah. is no, he's not a person. He is a revenant yeah. uh, in the hopes. I got to ask you, if he, since you grew up around here, I've had two guests on my podcast uh, that also grew up in the L.A. area. And they had insane rumors going around at their school about fatalities that were not actually in the Mortal Kombat games. But they were really? like rumors going around that were like, I, I can't even repeat the the horrific stuff these little oh, kids wow. were talking about, <laughs> theorizing. I but it involved a lot of genital is. mutilation. Yeah, no, I was going to say yeah. uh, something like having your butt pulled out of it, like a lot that, of that, was the, was, that was the one I heard is that Sonya Blade can like rip your, your genitals off. Yeah. But yes, it's only yeah. against a male character. Yeah. That's not a fatality? It's not it's not it's not a fatality. Uh, I went I went through my whole life assuming that that was one. I think wow. it's like a Southern California. Denny, are you from around here? Yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I grew um, up in Orange County. Okay. And then yeah. but I b- was in Texas so, uh for high school. So it's clear that Mortal Kombat genital mutilation rumors Isn't were like weird? going around here. There cuz there were obviously there were rumors. I think there were rumors everywhere because it was such a like uh taboo thing that kids had access to were those games when we were younger Mm -hmm. but in florida i can't remember a lot of rumors going around about like genital mutilation people puppeteering like severed genitals and (laughs) stuff but uh 
apparently a, th- a thing. Everyone maybe maybe it was here. just on one of our cabinets and y'all just didn't get it because I think it's weird <laughs> that all of us down here know about that. Honestly, maybe I'm dumb and it is in there and I just don't know. <laughs> uh, what, the one thing I love about fighting games and also anime is I think that our parents didn't realize what we were watching. Like they would, mm. I think with fighting games, like they weren't really paying attention and so they would just be like, um, they would never put that in there. A kid's, you know, game because video games are for kids and anime, yeah. like, they look at cartoons and animation is like for kids and so i think if they actually knew what we were exposed to well that's um, how so many young kids got to watch evangelion even though that is oh, yeah. not for kids <laughs> uh, because their parents were like oh it's just cartoons they would ne- the people making this would never put that in there i just watched the first episode of that show it's intense we actually have to take a really quick break and Dang, then we're gonna already hop. at the break huh? we're already in but then we're gonna hop back into mortal Kombat right after this Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At BostonProper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. And welcome back to Nerdificent. Uh, you know, it's me, if you wide away. Across from me, as always, Danny Fernandez. Yep, yep. And guesting with us to talk about Mortal Kombat, Ben Meckler, a.k.a. Hey. MechDog. How you doing? I don't know if I've ever gotten MechDog. Yeah, Seems I'm, weird I, in I feel like it feels I'm like the I only one who calls you MechDog. Yeah. But it flows so well. It so does. I will never get I it. I add um, Einton to people's names, <clears> so you'd be like Mechington. Or whatever. Okay. Because mm-hmm. my sister-in-law is Alexis. I call her Lexington. I think so. because my first name's so short, I've rarely gotten nicknames. Well, there you life. go. Yeah. 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 Uh, Great. I get Fernie a lot, so I just like took that. <laughs> Great. I hated it growing up, and then I just I used it against them. Perfect. Um, okay, so who was, did you gravitate towards, I wanted to talk about the characters. Were mm-hmm. there particular ones that you gravitated towards in the beginning that changed uh, over time? Yeah, I kind of was just thinking about this, actually. So, I mean, I always gravitate. I was always like a monster kid. I love monster movies. And so in Mortal Kombat, you know, you have 
like soldiers like Sonya Blade and like Hollywood movie stars like Johnny Cage next to actual like monsters. Uh, so I always gravitated towards them like to Reptile, who's uh, essentially a dinosaur ninja and Goro, who's like a half dragon prince. It looks like a giant four armed ogre. Um, and then as they started adding like robots and <laughs> other sorts of fantasy creatures, uh, that was always where I gravitated. I know a lot of kids uh, when I was younger were super into like Scorpion and Sub-Zero I think once I actually started trying to be good at playing those games, I yeah. gravitated towards Sub-Zero just because mm-hmm. he was like pretty easy to pick up and I'm yeah. just not good at video games as much as I like them. Um, but most recently, I've started getting really into playing as uh, Liu Kang in the New Mortal Kombat, Ooh. which uh, I was surprised. I liked him so much because I always thought he was so boring because he was <laughs> kind of like... <laughs> It's like it's like picking Luke Skywalker in a Star Wars game. It's like, well, he's the he's just he not is dressed super like Han interesting. Solo. He, oh, so, Luke Kang? Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like he's like a prototypical hero. But um, because Mortal Kombat storytelling is like. so like, wow, yeah, no, MK11 Luke Kang looks straight up like Han, Han Solo, Solo cosplayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I've gotten into playing as him recently because they've just taken him on such an insane journey. Uh, where he started as kind of like a boring prototypical hero and has now gone through some truly insane shit. He's been dead and alive and alive and dead over and over again, good and evil, that I find him a lot more interesting now than I did before. But I think that's like something Mortal Kombat's always been really good at, changing characters and evolving them. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Ify, who are the ones that you were into? I was always a Scorpion guy. Scorpion mm. and then Cyrax, which was mm. So Robo anyone Scorpion. who wore yellow. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that cool. was one of my guys. I loved them. I was big, uh, big, big fan. Uh, yeah. I, I, and even when I came back from Mortal Kombat 10, I went back to Scorpion. I just loved the flame and the teleportation. You know, I was actually, uh, do you know much about Cyrax's like backstory? No. What, what's, what's his deal? So when you came on my podcast, you were joking about being like the one guy who didn't fit in with the rest of Scorpion's clan uh, in Japan, the Shiraiu. Yeah. Cyrax is that, but for the Lin Kuei, for the, the Chinese ninja clan, uh, Sub-Zero's clan. <laughs> yeah. He's like not Chinese. I don't know. I think he, he had an accent in MK9, but he he's like not from there. He is like the odd man out where you never really get a full backstory on like where he came from or what he's doing with those guys. <laughs> um, but he's kind of awesome. And he's also like the tragic monster of the cyber ninjas. Cause he is the one who did not want to be turned into a robot. Oh, really? Um, but was forced into a cyborg body. So he just like woke up one day and looked at himself. and was like, Oh God, what have I become? And <laughs> my body's literally been discarded. So I'm like this forever now. One thing I like about Cyrax too is I went back to his like original art. Now he's very robo, but really these dudes were just in dirt bike gear and oh, a, yeah. <laughs> and a helmet. Yeah. And I like that they in three were, different colors. Yeah, yeah. In the that was the span of the the creativity in making these robo guys. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many Mortal Kombat characters there are? I should because uh, I'm trying to do all of them, but right. it's, it's got to be in the 50s or 60s. I'm looking at a poster with them, and it looks, no joke, like the Infinity War poster. <laughs> oh, Jesus, It's yeah. just like all of and them stuffed on there. That's not even up to date, because I, I know, know that art is from like a few games ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
In yeah. the Spirit of Mortal podcast, I'm going to just do a, sl- a slight deep dive into this Cyrax by- backstory. So apparently, yeah, so you're right. Uh, Cyrax was a member of the Lin uh, Kuei clan uh, with Sub-Zero, Sector, and Smoke. Mm-hmm. And when the clan decides to utilize modern technology by converting its members into soulless cyborgs. The Cyber Initiative. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sub-Zero was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he left. He bailed. Which sucks because Smoke was like his best friend. He was like, later, dude. <laughs> So did Smoke get turned into a robot? He did, yeah. Oh, man. Although in the new timeline, because there's two different timelines, yeah. uh, it's kind of like the Star Trek reboot and that like they're side timelines. Uh, Smoke did not get turned into a cyborg and Sub-Zero did. Whoa. Yeah. But then Smoke died and Sub-Zero got un-cyborged somehow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> tell the audience yeah. the 1992 original roster. The original roster was ra- and And rating. their moves. All so, of the moves? Okay, not all of the they moves. Dozens, Just Danny. give me a move. Give them give me their signature move. Uh okay, Raiden. Or, and what they kind of look like. Raiden, Thunder God. Uh he's got lightning in his eyes, and so of course his moves are all lightning based. Uh yep. his most iconic probably is going completely horizontal and flying across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and <laughs> flying with your body across the screen. Also, the animation like the does not look good anymore. But it's of, of it's, its time. It's perfect. I love it. Um, <laughs> let's so see. <laughs> Who else we got? Uh, well, the first, you mentioned that Mortal Kombat had the first ever hidden character. Uh, that was Reptile. Um, he, I think a Actually, no, he may have appeared in the background of the first game and been playable in the second, but Dinosaur Ninja spits acid. He's a Zaterran. Um, Liu Kang, of course, uh, he has a lot of Bruce Lee-inspired moves. He's very much inspired by Bruce Lee. Uh, he can throw fireballs, uh, which Bruce Lee, to my knowledge, was not able to do. Sonya Blade, she was in U.S. Special Forces in the military, so a lot of gun stuff, shooting guns. Johnny Cage, uh, Hollywood movie star, so of course he could uh, do a kick where he slid forward on green energy blasts. Uh, just like Jean-Claude Van Damme, who he's mm-hmm. inspired by because they couldn't actually do a JCVD game. So they made Johnny Cage as a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Um, he like stands out so much from the other characters. It's hilarious <laughs> that he was literally created as like a goof. Yeah. They're like, what if it was a mystical island of monsters and ninjas and a fighting tournament? And what if a Hollywood actor went there to prove that he doesn't use visual effects in his action movies? <laughs> And now he's like the most sympathetic character in the whole series. He's wound up becoming like a great guy and a good dad. And he has like a tragic romantic storyline in the most recent game. It's kind of great. Who else? Uh, The first Sub-Zero who eventually became Noob Saibot, um, Bihan, was in there. He's, of course, Sub-Zero. He throws, uh, you know, freezy balls. Scorpion, naturally. Revenant, undead ninja, who was there to kill Bihan to get revenge for allegedly murdering his entire clan. Uh, Scorpion's got fire moves because he's a little demon from hell. So a lot of hellfire moves. Um, Goro, who is one of the sub bosses, or he was the sub boss, big four-armed half dragon uh, Shokan Prince, uh, pick you up and uh, punch you with his top arms while he held you up with his bottom arms. <laughs> uh, Shang Tsung, sorcerer who uh, hosted the first Mortal Kombat tournament on his island, uh, which had the very clever name of Shang Tsung's Island. <laughs> uh, he is a sorcerer who could steal your soul, so one of his iconic moves is uh, stealing your soul. Hmm. You know that dr- that um, Dream Daddy game? Yes, I do. This is like the original Dream Daddy. Yeah, there are a lot like, of daddies in, there in Mortal are Kombat. There a lot. And only one mommy. It was just Sonya Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... It, Originally, now there's a right. lot of mommies. Yes, I think I got everyone. Let yeah, 
If not, somebody will write you. Yeah, if so. not, someone can just be mad at me and I'll just say, yo, buddy, have you made 10 episodes of a podcast about this? Uh, eat stuff. Wait, so let's talk right. about the, in 1995, if he, something happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if in 1995, the movie, I was yes. trying to read off the cast of the 1995 movie, which had Christopher Lambert as Raiden, Robin Shue as Liu Kang, uh, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, Carrie... Hiroi Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Who most recently came back for MK11 yes. to reprise his role as Shang everyone, Tsung. Everyone has been so hyped about that. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras as Sonya Blade. Uh, and Talisa Soto as Katana. Mm-hmm. Trevor Goddard as Kano. Uh, oh, sorry. Kano is also in the first game. Yeah, yeah. I will admit that. Chris Casamasa as Scorpion. Francois Petit as Sub-Zero. I don't know a lot of these actors. Keith Cook as uh, Reptile. Hakeem Alston as the Fighting Monk. <laughs> yeah, you have long left behind uh, recognizable Yeah, these actors. are not uh, players. These are NPC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kenneth Edwards played Art Hollywood Lane. NPC. That's <laughs> what's known as an extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that movie, yeah, it, it's like, you know, looking back on it, it's probably not great. Uh, you know what? But when I saw it as a kid, mm. I remember coming out of that theater, swinging my fist, ready to fight. I was so into it. probably it. scared the, sh- the stuffing out of some people coming into the theater. <laughs> wow. I'm like, realizing how movie? much I default to just cussing. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> what was the plot of this movie? Is uh, It was basically a remake of Enter the Dragon. Um, it was just that a bunch of people get summoned to an island for a mysterious fighting tournament that winds up uh, having the fate of the world at stake. Um, As you do. Yeah. But the hero ensemble, it's got to be, in the history of action movies, it's got to be one of the great uh, like meetups of hero ensembles. It's literally like, all right. There's this guy, Liu Kang, who's partnered up with a thunder god named Raiden who's on his way to this island uh, to get revenge on the person holding the tournament for killing his brother. He teams up with a Hollywood actor trying to prove that he doesn't use visual effects in his movies and uh, someone from the military who's tracking down a mercenary who killed uh, her partner who's going to the island to try to get rich. And the three of them become buddies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, it's it's crazy just kind of like looking back because this is one of those movies that fell for the the Hollywood trick of like, we're not going to have them in their costumes from the game. That would be lame. So we're going to have them wear regular clothes to a fighting tournament. Yeah. Like this is the one time you can actually probably and probably should have them wear what they're wearing in the video game. They at least put all of the villains in their oh, yeah. costumes. I remember... Which kind of works, I think, for a movie because it was like the heroes are not from a magical world and they're being dragged into uh, an insane world of monsters and stuff. I forgot oh, how insane Goro looked. The Goro puppet in that movie is is in, is just terrifying to yeah. look at. They like, also like toned it down a lot. Like there wasn't like the violence was not like it was yeah. free of blood and gore yeah it's a pg-13 uh which actually wound up bumming me out as a kid because i did not ask to go see it because i assumed it was rated r mm-hmm. i was like six maybe five when it came out so i just like didn't even ask my mom even though it was all i wanted to see <laughs> and then when it finally came out i had to like wait till i could go see it at like a friend's house or right. maybe I even watch it at like an after school program or something but it's better than people remember though. it's like a pretty good movie yeah 
for like a video game movie, it's like a fun action flick. Here, just so you, just so people were wondering how games ended, I went and found the uh, final text for if uh, Raiden wins the first Mortal Kombat, and this is the text that it uh, that it reads to you. Raiden's victory comes as no surprise to him. He was never impressed by Shang Tsung's inferior sorcery. Goro's brute force or the challenge of the other contestants. He quickly becomes bored with his mortal competition and soon invites the other gods to participate in the contest. The ensuing battles rage on for years and the wars result in our world's final destruction. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what you say at the end of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> the world, the world ends. Have a nice day. But not even that. I like that they were just like, oh, if Raiden wins, I don't know what could happen. He gets bored, invites every god in the world to enter a fighting tournament that becomes a centuries-long war that ends all of mankind. Yeah. <laughs> also, we got jokes. Okay, bye. So after 1995, this amazing film that Ben says still holds up. It in does. case you want to watch it tonight. Um, we had the 1996 cartoon Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. Do you remember watching this yes, in the 90s? Bad. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I thought you would have like an air of nostalgia around it. No. I, <laughs> it's just bad. I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. I I weirdly as a kid like didn't. Whoa, on IMDb it has three out of five stars. So people don't agree with you, Ben. Three out of five is not three a good is score. Three, what? It's more than two. <laughs> That's like almost half. That's barely it's, passing. But it is passing. Yes. I will give you that. It is passing. Um, look, You I'm, know how the internet is. I'm willing to stand up to the internet movie database and say that look, it's not good. Look, this also looks like the Infinity War poster. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like everyone copies that stance with having like a main character in the middle and then they're all kind of like winged out. Yeah. Um, I do love that it's from an era though where they were like, kids like things that are not for them. So we'll just make animated shows anyway. Like around the same time they were doing like Rambo, the animated <laughs> series where I think the intro is like a full minute and a half of him putting knives on his belt. Chris Summer played Katana. Ooh. She's amazing. If y'all don't know Cree, uh, she's she's like every, she's like a Tara Strong. Like, she's voiced uh, uh Everybody ever. My so there was also Oh uh, she's sorry, she's Susie Carmichael on the Rugrats. Mm. She's Penny and Inspector Gadget. Anyways, that's really cool. And then also Ron Perlman uh played oh, Stryker. Yeah. yeah. Stryker who is a, a, a everyone makes fun of Stryker for being just a straight up NYPD riot cop. <laughs> I know. It's just shooting guns at uh dragons. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, combine yeah. those worlds. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yes. Not at all. Um, I was going to say that the animated series, not great. Um, there was also a live action show, right? Yep. That came out after that? Yeah, it was 1998 Mortal Kombat Conquest. Mm-hmm. And my uh, directing teacher in film school, Chip Chalmers, directed a couple episodes. Oh, that's cool. And I made him give me a VHS copy of one of his episodes so I could watch it. And he was like, why do you want this? It's like, because I love Mortal Kombat. I want to see it. He's like, ah. All right, whatever. <laughs> just like, Have you asked him to be on your podcast? He, I think, is back in Florida. Skype. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he should be. And then there's also uh, Warner Premiere ordered a web series that was inspired by Rebirth titled Mortal Kombat Legacy. Mm -hmm. And that series uh, was on YouTube and also Machinima, I believe. Yeah, that was an interesting... Because I remember in college that short came out, Rebirth, and... I was so hyped because it was like a 
gritty reboot of Mortal Kombat, which at the time, I think everyone was getting really sick of gritty reboots, but it worked for something that began uh, pretty dark and gritty in the first place. Or maybe not. I guess Mortal Kombat is kind of still pulpy and goofy around that time, but um, I was really, really hyped about it. And then for whatever reason, I never actually wound up watching that web series, but they did like two seasons. It did pretty well. I know what you can do tonight now, Ben. Watch the entirety of the web series? <laughs> yeah. You said it You're like I was expert. like, I need something to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're the expert. You need to be watching all, should of, the, be a completist. all of the content. Yeah, all of the content. I got to catch up. I have to watch the entirety of Defenders of the Realm, the animated series. Yes, uh, do that. I got to finish up Conquest because I've only seen Chip's episode. And uh, I got to watch the entirety of MK Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to hang out, I'll be busy for the next like 48 hours. I mean, please have (laughs) us over. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we're going to talk some more Mortal Kombat. And we're also going to get your thoughts on this new Mortal Kombat movie that's apparently coming out. Mm -hmm. See you in a bit. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit bostonproper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. And we're back. I'm still Danny Fernandez here with Ify Wadiwe and Ben Meckler. We were just during the break talking about Mortal Kombat the album, which was a techno album. Yeah. Based on the first game. Oh, yeah. Inspired by the first game. (laughs) I'm reading this directly from this article, Ben. I just like saying inspired by. (laughs) Um, But you said that several of your friends have admitted that they have it in their car currently at Uh this moment. Yeah. The most recent person I could think of who told me that was Jen Yamato. Yeah. I play, uh, I don't play CDs anymore, but um, (laughs) that was a flex. (laughs) That was a weird flex. Must be nice. (laughs) I didn't mean for it to come out that way. Wow, you were looking derisively at my Walkman while you said that. (laughs) What I meant to say was I play soundtracks. I'm a weirdo. I play, uh, like in my car on Spotify, I'll play like the Halloween soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I play Wild Wild West. Classic. Mm, Good one. So good. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. I'm that's what if you come into my car I'm just playing soundtracks yeah I have the Tokyo Drift soundtrack in my car right now 
That's Wait. the CD in my CD Oh, yeah, player. no, that's my jammer. But, yeah, it, the one song it talks about is the one called Techno Syndrome, which is the one everyone thinks of when they hear Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, which is just screaming Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cover that song uh, for the intro to my podcast. And really? it's me yelling the name of every single Mortal Kombat <laughs> character to the beat of the song for the entire length of it. Love it. Uh-huh. I will say, you know, what I what really goes unappreciated is that portion in the middle of that. Because not only is that just a fun riff, it really encapsulates like techno of that time like that goes beyond mortal Kombat. Like, yeah i think i know why it sounds like a cyber goth piece of music yeah which was what 90s techno yeah was. yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it sounds like the techno you would play in a spooky cyber goth castle oh man i guess we can just kind of run through the games and we're gonna go uh we're gonna we're gonna do like a mini just and i feel like you're the man for the job great of what each game is about so oh boy Let's do it. MK1. MK1. Uh, the Mortal Kombat, the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament in a row is occurring between the realms of Outworld and Earthrealm. If Outworld wins the tournament, that's the 10th one, which means they're allowed to merge our realms and eat the souls of pretty much everyone on Earth. If Earth wins, uh, the world is saved. Earth wins. Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, Outworld is pissed that they lost. <laughs> So they demand a do-over tournament, uh, and they uh, force the fighters of Earthrealm to come to Outworld uh, for another Mortal Kombat tournament. Uh, Earthrealm wins. Mortal Kombat 3. Outworld's like real pissed now <laughs> that they lost twice. So they decide to say, uh, forget the rules, man, and they straight up invade Earthrealm. Uh, so our heroes at this point are now fighting in the streets of New York as like dragons and centaurs are rampaging around in death squads. Mortal Kombat 4. Uh, with Outworld finally defeated, uh, Shinnok, a fallen elder god in the Nether Realm, yet another realm, it's basically Hell, decides it's his time to shine and he's going to take over both Earth Realm and uh, the realm of Edenia. Mortal Kombat 5. Uh, Shinnok got uh, beat up, so he's done. And in Mortal Kombat 5, uh, Shinnok's uh, little buddy, Quan Chi, and Shao Kahn, the former ruler of Outworld's uh, little assistant, Shang Tsung, say, uh, f- let's go kill our bosses and become a deadly alliance. So they do, and they also kill uh, Earth's champion Liu Kang and uh, wage a campaign of, uh, I guess, evil to try to take over the realms and succeed. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 6. Uh, just as those two guys uh, have succeeded in their plan to take over all the realms, uh, an ancient ruler from Outworld, Onaga the Dragon King, is resurrected and uh, kills everybody and brings an undead army uh, to rampage throughout the realms unless uh, somebody can stop him. This is Mortal Kombat 7 or 8? Next would be 7. Okay. Uh, someone does stop Onaga, <laughs> but just in time for an ancient prophecy to kick off uh, in which all of the heroes in the world at this point, all of the villains in the world are basically going to go to war uh, in which only one person can survive. It is Armageddon. Mortal Kombat 8. Mortal Kombat 8 uh, is kind of like not necessarily canon. That was Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. Oh, really? Uh, so that was it. Uh, our realm includes DC superheroes. They wind up fighting. It's like a dark side Shao Kahn hybrid. <laughs> and I don't really remember what happened. It's not really canon. Okay. Mortal Kombat But wait, nine. before I, oh. s- I saw news about the Joker joining 
That's a rumor, but I'm pretty sure it's true uh, that he's going to be DLC for Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say that they're bringing that back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait. So before, who were the char- who were the other DC characters? Do you remember any of them that yeah, were in there? Captain Marvel is in there. Batman. Um. Superman, obviously. Can't remember if Harley Quinn was in that one. But basically, that game was why Injustice exists. Because mm. uh, oh, yeah. it's the same studio that makes Mortal yeah. Kombat that makes Injustice. So I want to say it was oh, Wonder a lot Woman of the same was characters. in there too. Right. Man, I want to see her fatality. Well, that was the other thing that kind of oh, watered they took it down. Out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. rated. It's a it's a rated T game, so they took out a lot of the gore. Oh yeah, they had Batman, Captain Marvel, Catwoman, Darkseid, Deathstroke, The Flash, Green Lantern, The Joker, Lex Luthor, Superman, and Wonder Woman. But yeah, they. Everyone you'd expect, more or less. Yeah. Uh, Minus maybe Harley. Yeah, you were right about it being a rumor, but probably true that the Joker will get added to. Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's true. <laughs> uh, please continue. Oh, yeah. what, where are we at? Mortal Kombat 9. Mortal Kombat 9 is the reboot, but only kind of a reboot because uh, Raiden is the like second to last person to survive Armageddon. He's going to die. So in an act of desperation, he sends a message to himself back in time, which creates a new timeline. So Mortal Kombat 9 kind of retells the first three games, but certain events change and uh, go kind of catastrophically. So the only survivors out of our entire cast wind up being Raiden, Johnny Cage, and Sony Blade. And Mortal Kombat 10. 25 years later, uh, the children of Johnny, or Johnny and Sonya's daughter and the children of other Mortal Kombat characters are a new team being trained by special forces, and they wind up having to take on Shinnok in this timeline. And Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, Shinnok's mother, a titan named Kronika, who controls all of time, is pissed about all this weird time stuff. Uh, so she decides she's going to kill Raiden and uh, create a new timeline. But in doing so, she opens up a rift uh, that brings back heroes and villains from the past that collide with heroes and villains in the future or the present. And uh, everyone basically has to work together to stop Kronika from creating a new timeline. Uh, it doesn't work. She does. <laughs> so we're back to zero now in the Mortal Kombat franchise. <laughs> Wow. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah you nailed yeah. that. Again, I just did 10 episodes of a podcast in a row where I had to yeah. <laughs> learn all. I had yeah. to make sure I had all of that down. I know. I love yeah. just how easy that was for you. Super also, easy. I love <laughs> like like I I I've, I've been going through as we've been um doing this podcast watching Liu Kang playthroughs and just kind of compare, comparing them to what you said in our episode. You didn't miss a beat. Hell yeah. yeah. So uh, so definitely make sure you, if you're definitely interested in the lore side of Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat and hearing just the whole run of all the games through one character's p- perspective, I can't recommend Mortal Podcast enough. And if yeah. you listen to the most recent episode, you can hear if he's completely insane story about the time you <laughs> saw a guy do a bicycle kick in real life. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm saving that for your podcast. I'm going to make I'm gonna make people go check it out if they yeah. want to learn about the legend of Jimmy Dang. Oh, man. Legend. Y'all, I realize I totally missed uh, 1997 Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've. It's a necessary mention. It's an unbelievably bad movie with some iconic lines. Um I think the probably most quoted one is when uh, Kitana yells to her resurrected mother, Mother, you're alive? And Sindel says, Too bad you will die. <laughs> and it's great. 
It's really, you know, I mean, that kind of sounds like video games. It's extremely, it's a very watchable movie. I honestly have probably seen Annihilation more times than the first movie because it's just so completely bonkers. <laughs> With the first movie, I also wanted to mention that this is crazy. Steven Spielberg, who's an avid fan of the Mortal Kombat series, was supposed to make a cameo appearance as the director in Johnny Cage's first scene, like the first six minutes of the film. And he wanted to be in it, but he had a scheduling conflict, and so he couldn't. Uh, but but the director character in the film is supposed to resemble Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg was almost in Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. That's news to me. Uh, <laughs> my God. I guess... I guess Steven then decided to kind of hold off on a cameo like that until Austin Powers gold member, <laughs> where he 100% does that cameo at the beginning of the movie. How many stars does it have? If Steven Spielberg was in it, it would have five. 100%. 100%. 4.9. It would be a classic. <laughs> the classic film. Oh, My one God. other thing was Johnny Depp was and Tom Cruise was considered for the role of Johnny Cage. And wow, they, the idea that either of them would have said yes even then is hilarious. <laughs> Wait, 1995? Yeah, neither no of them. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did not recognize most of the names that we said. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny Glover was considered for Raiden. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. Although Christopher Lambert, his performance wound up being kind of iconic in that his delivery of every line is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And good weird. So what do you think about this new uh, movie coming out? You excited about it? Uh, I I love and trust James Wan, who is producing it. Um, I want to believe that a big budget Mortal Kombat movie will be good. Yeah. I need to know what story they're telling. I'm hoping they're not going to do some revisionist, like, we need an access character stuff where it's like a normal guy finds out that he's actually destined to be a part of the Mortal Kombat tournament. I'm afraid that it might go that way because I know that at a certain budget, studios get afraid of being too, uh, you know, going too far with a story or or making something that's just for a niche audience. Like with Dark Tower, they totally turned that into like... You know, it's just a boy's journey. Like, he realizes he's part of a larger tale, which is an, an interesting perspective to take into it, but it didn't make it the same story, so the things that worked about it didn't work quite as well. I'm worried the same thing will happen with Mortal Kombat. Also, selfishly, uh, since I also write movies, I would very much <laughs> like to be writing this movie. Um, specifically, I would love, I feel like the story of uh, of Bihan, uh, the first Sub-Zero, uh, going on an odyssey through the nether realm. Uh, so a, an, an ice ninja going on an odyssey through basically hell. Um, in order to uh, obtain an artifact while coming into contact with his blood rival Scorpion and falling in love with a demoness who lives in uh, the nether realm and realizing that he's serving the wrong masters and meeting like a, an untimely and tragic demise. I feel like that would be a really good story for a movie that could kind of tick all the boxes um, while still being uh, canonically something people would enjoy. Um, yeah. I had no idea, but I guess Warner Brothers bought the Midway Games assets yeah, in 2009 in bankruptcy court. I didn't know that they had to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sad. Um, Midway like owned the 90s, but yeah. then wow. things didn't go so great after that. Maybe, who knows, maybe this movie will be successful and there's the MKCU and then you can Fingy. make that movie. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All yeah. right. Where can people find you, Ben? Uh, you can find me at Ben Meckler. That's B-E-N-M-E-K-L-E-R. There's no C in my last name. 
uh, on pretty much every social media platform. I worked on a show called Final Space to Terran now, so you can check that Yay. out. Uh, yeah. You can get, there's this uh, application called Netflix you can be a subscriber of. Uh, that's where Kipo will be airing next year. And uh, hopefully more exciting stuff you can catch from me soon, but also just check out Mortal Podcast, P-O-D-K-A-S-T, because combat, um, uh, wherever podcasts exist. All right. I assume that was my opportunity to do plugs. I just went yeah. right to it. No, no, that's, <laughs> Great. that's okay, exactly cool. what that was. <laughs> you can catch me at Ifywadiway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram, IfDs on Twitch, here on Tuesdays, Candy Dinner on Monday, and I'm now uh, the host of Who Shot Your Pod on Max Fun on Fridays. Um, too many things, but yeah. let's keep it going. The marathon continues as Nipsey hustles. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody asked if I wanted to be the host of a Twilight Zone podcast, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Even though that is the thing that I know a lot about, I was like, I cannot take on one other thing. I'm yeah. trying to make some things. And uh, I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez. Ify and I will be at San Diego Comic Con, so check out our our. Twitters and our Instagrams we'll be posting I think we're going to have a meetup uh, I have two panels on Thursday that I will be sharing whenever I have that info officially but yeah check us out we will be there in San Diego we are friendly come get a drink with us whenever we finally pick a time yeah. uh, and as we always say stay, stay nerdy, nerdy. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 